Hello, and welcome to Pop Culture Hangfire with Christian and Gabriel. The podcast where Gabe and I will discuss the 1980s year over year and learn a little bit about what happened during those times and see how it connects to our current times. The year, 1983. The 3D printer is invented by Chuck Hull. More than 10 million computers were being used in the US. Nintendo's family computer, also known as the Famicom, goes on sale in Japan. And Fred Cohen coined the term virus described for computers. <laughs> so nothing like having a very high population of people using the, the computer to automatically somebody trying to ruin it for everybody by creating a virus. Yeah, that's that's humanity. Uh, peak humanity right there. there peak you go. humanity. Real quick, I can't believe the 3D printer was 1983. You know, I wanted to, like, I meant to, and okay, so. Because, like, it's just recently, within, like, the past three years, five years, I've had friends start to get 3D printers in their homes. Like, I know a couple people who have a 3D printer. And, uh... It's still not super common, you know, despite how useful it can be. Yeah, no, and and um, and and I guess it's 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 so the so Chuck Hall is still alive, by the way. He's seventy five years old, um, and he's still working as a chief technology officer uh, for for the company he co founded. How do we know it's him and not just a three D reconstruction of him via printer? So, do you want to know what the very first thing? he printed was yes i do a small black eye wash cup yep uh, at the time it was called stereolith okay stereolithography lithography wow stereolithography uh now we call it a uh, 3d printing because much easier to pronounce it does it does um so he created in 83 he patented in 86 um, and then he set up the the company 3D Systems, which again is still going. And in the in the late 80s, early 90s, it was used by doctors. Uh, is it actually became a, a tool for doctors to be able to, I guess, replicate a bone so that they could see what the what it would actually do if they were trying to operate on it or when they were trying to operate on it. Medical. That makes sense. Yeah, they built the first prototypes. They were the ones who would sell, you know, the machine, everything you needed. Um, he, this gentleman, though, uh, Hall, he, to his name, he has over 90 patents in the U.S. and, and a few in Europe. Um, and, you know, 31 years after uh, he created is now when he's getting some recognition for it. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> Crazy, huh? Well, I would be, so they would have been in the... Tw- Mid 2010s, now it would be 35 years, 40 years almost later. But yeah, no, no, crazy, I know. So, yes, on to some births. Uh, we got a couple good ones that were born in, um, in 1983. Let's start off with Adam Driver, American actor, uh, Marine, 0341 Mortarman. <laughs> All true. I, uh, <laughs> I got a hip onto this guy with, and and I I will I, again I and I think I've been honest about this before. Um, I used to watch the show 
called um, Girls. And I did not like him as a character. He was so annoying to me as a character. Didn't like him as a girl. Didn't like him as a girl or a boy. Um, but um, I was not a fan. And then I started seeing him act in other things. And I and honestly, dude, his, his when he hosted SNL is when I changed my mind about him because he was so good and funny and like so flexible with it, with his ability to be able to act. I was very surprised. Um, but yeah, no. And now I like, you know, now I mean, he joined the, the, uh, Star Wars universe. I mean, Kylo Ren, that dude's going to be in everything forever pretty much. Right. Yeah. That was my initial exposure to him was Star Wars. And then I think the as soon as I saw something about him, I, I saw his Ted talk. Oh, the Ted talk was really was, good. was the next thing. And I was like, oh, he's a Marine. And I was like, well, now I love him. And I was like, man, Kylo Ren, like, you know, underutilized character. You know, it's a shame. Like, he's, he had one of the coolest intros. And then they, I think they underutilized him. But I was like, oh, forget that. Now it's about Adam Driver. So, yeah. And I do think he's got a, a lot more skill uh, as evidenced by some of his other roles. Yeah, he does a little bit. A little bit. Uh, moving on to Jonah Hill, 1983. I mean, I... So I will say this. Lately, I've seen him in things, and he just looks weird because he let his beard grow, no color. Also, like he, the way he talks is odd to me. I find it annoying. <laughs> but the stuff he does in movies is great. But though, something about the way he talks because of the slang that he uses, it's too. It's almost comical because it's it seems fake, like a script. I will say that, but I, I love I've loved him in everything he's, he's ever done. That dude's uh, really good. I I've liked his roles in movies, and like I I appreciate also his journey to be like a more self fulfilled like human being. Like if you've seen any of his stuff about his struggle with getting bullied a ton, even in Hollywood, you know, and and the toll it took on him. I haven't seen that, but I saw that there's a documentary available that he did about his like psychiatrist or psychologist and i think hmm. it, it deals it deals with like what he went through and what that man helped him with i know about that just from the pro the perspective of seeing some of like the other videos like seeing interviews and things he said not in the the documentary i bet would be interesting but like you know he uh he did a i think he's had a kind of a hard road in terms of uh being as being a person in hollywood like, right. he did not have the easiest time but you know what it is too i think it's one of those things where like and again, I'm speaking out of absolutely no no experience whatsoever. But you know, like the people who get into it to be famous and the people who just happen to get into it and don't take it so serious, but happen to be famous, you know, like the Keanu Reeves of the world who don't, mm -hmm. who seem like they cared, but never so much where they were, that, that, that their life, their, their life uh, mentally depended on it, you know? I I want to, and again, I don't know this from Jonah Hill, but it seems like a guy who really wanted to make it, and maybe the like the fame that it came with. Because you look at the the people from the from the Jet Apatow world, right? The Jason Segel, the James Franco, uh, the Seth Rogans, they seem to have done okay. Uh, well, James Franco, I think, is maybe borderline, um, but they seem to have done okay dealing with the fame that it came with, right? Like 
being called out, you know, being in the limelight and everything like that. Um, I think that if you're if you're sensitive already, that maybe it's it's a t- it must be a tough world to to try to uh, live in. That and I think it was a lot of peer, like you know, fans too. Like fans are always going to be a hassle, you know. I use the term loosely with fans, but I think he got a lot of. A lot of it sounds like he got a lot of shit from his peers. Really, and it was it was rare. It was a little bit more rare because he kind of got typecast, you know, as the big bumbling idiot, and that's not what he wanted to be. Okay. And then it was like pressure to stay that way, as opposed to like change or improve yourself. I guess Channing Tatum, I think I want to say, was like a real good friend to him, or is a real good friend to him. Really, and has been real motivational. And that's all just little bits. I'm no I'm no expert at all, but I I bet that documentary is a is a interesting watch. And yeah, and again, like it just seems like when you have a crew like that, people can't touch you, you know. So that's why it surprised me a little bit to hear that because I'm like, when you have that, maybe that's maybe I again just from the outsider, you're like you came in with a click, dude. You're pretty much set. It's like Leonardo DiCaprio and his click. Like you're set. Like nobody touches you guys. So you know, if you're part of that click, you're part of the Apatow yeah. click. Nobody touches you guys. But I guess you know they do. That's interesting. Uh, maybe I will look. I will watch that uh, documentary now. Uh, Steven Young, Korean-American actor. I've seen him mainly in The Walking Dead. But um, but I know he did, like, he was, like, in the new, uh, well, I think it was a cameo that he did in that Space Jam movie. But I remember a movie called Sorry to Bother You that I really liked him in. Uh, but, yeah, just, you know, not nothing nothing crazy uh, about him. Just um, The Walking Dead, he's the, the, the guy in that. And he did an episode of Joint Case 3 that I remember it was pretty funny. Drunk history is it's pretty entertaining. It is very entertaining. Uh, Hannibal Buress, comedian, actor, writer, uh, producer. I, he just looks funny, like that half he eye. Looks like a Hannibal. Yes, that half eyes closed, like looks high all the time. His his stand up is hilarious, and every movie that he's in, he's he's hilarious. And so, uh, wanted to make sure I mentioned him. Uh, Chris Hem- Hemsworth, by the way. Chris Hemsworth is younger than me. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I'm saying I'm comparing my path with Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, you're not on the Chris Hemsworth arc. I'm not even. I don't think we're even in the same universe. Like I I feel like we're in parallel universes and still in the parallel universe. I'm still below his version of him and mine. Um, (laughs) Just talk about peak performance of that man. Gorgeous. I started watching his show. The, uh, limitless. Oh, limitless how would you think because I, I i was on the fence about it so I, I i did not get far i got one episode in but i thought it was interesting i like how they kind of broke everything down and it's it's like interesting to watch someone go on like a self-discovery kind of journey in that way so i i find it entertaining well that's the same show that later on he's did you hear about the news about him? He found out about the alzheimer genes yeah yeah so yeah I guess through that show so that, that should be interesting yep. Uh, the last birth we'll talk about in today's episode. Now, I'll just say it. Uh, Macklemore, uh, American rapper. Look, I don't care about white rapper and all that stuff. Thrift Shop was a catchy-ass fucking song. And it, and if it still comes on, I listen to that. That song is amazing. And I'll give a shout-out to that song, Downtown. Just, I mean, if he lives... Uh, and uh, for the rest of his life, and does not make another hit, and he has those two under his belt. I will always listen to those two. 
It's a it. They're catchy ass songs. They're funny. Thrift shop is catchy. That's not even my genre, and I know that song exactly. Right. That's that's how good it is. You know. Um. But yes. Uh. You know. And he's done some other ones that were apparently good, but message wise. Yeah. But those two are just fun, fun, catchy, and and they 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 do have some rap skill to them. That dude is a rapper. You know. So yeah. Uh, and now uh, let's talk about a couple people who passed. Uh, big one, Tennessee Williams. Are you familiar with Tennessee Williams? The name's familiar. He was a prolific writer, uh, mainly known for his um, for his plays. Um, uh, he was a playwright. He is the man responsible for like um, Cat in a Hot Tin Roof. Uh, not of the okay. iguana. Yeah, yeah, like that. That's that guy. Um, he, um, it, like his work, dude. Like you look at, he was he wrote plays, wrote novels, screenplays, uh, short stories, one act plays, poetry, nonfiction, like just insane. Uh, Pulitzer Prize for Hot on a Cat Tin Roof. Uh, for you know, like that. Just it's insane. It's insane the amount of work this man put out there. Um, looking at the, looking at them here, let's see here, which ones, which ones do I recognize? So this is the, the same gentleman responsible for a streetcar named Desire. Okay. And he also obviously wrote the screenplay for Streetcar Named Desire and for Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. But yeah, just a, just a prolific playwright, um, and you know, very well regarded for his work. Next up we have Dennis Wilson. American singer, songwriter, and drummer, co-founder of the Beach Boys. Um, he uh, he died in his thirties. Uh, he struggled with alcohol and um, and tons of uh, drug use. He has a beautiful song called "Holy Man." It was an instrumental from his album um, that, in the two thousand two thousands, Taylor Hawkins put a. Uh, put words to lyrics to and they oh. released it it's a gorgeous song it's a beautiful song if anybody has the opportunity holy man by dennis wilson with the words by um, taylor hawkins and i think by this name alone you're going to tell me who this man was and what he invented earl silas tupper yeah that's uh that sounds about right he was best known as the inventor of tupperware an airtight plastic container used to store food that's great that's just someone's name that's i mean what else would it be but like it's funny that like you just picture like what do you call this stuff mr tupper i'll tell you what i call it you got silverware named after mr silver tupperware that's where you put it in after I didn't think about that. I was, <laughs> I was gonna make a reference to like, oh, I don't know, like rubber and Tupper and and rubberware, Tupperware. But no, you're right, silverware. Yeah, Mister Silver. I forgot about Mister Sterling Silver. How could we forget? <laughs> oh man, that was a good one. Um, okay, moving on to movies that came out. <clears throat> so before Bad Boys in the 1990s. There was a movie in 1983 called Bad Boys. Are you familiar with that title at all? No. I mean, not in the not in the old farther back sense. So, I remember watching this movie almost by accident once on TV and loving the hell out of it. <laughs> well, you're like, "Oh, Bad Boys." And you're like, "This isn't Bad Boys." <laughs> no, this is pre pre Bad Boys. <laughs> okay. Um it's a it's a I remember 
this is what I remember about it. It was Sean Penn in a juvenile detention um, center, and he's new into the center, and there's obviously dues to pay, you know. And there's this there's this really great Latino actor named um, S.I.E. Morales. He was uh, he was he was uh, uh, Richie Valens's brother in uh, La Bamba. He's the guy who, like, when he finds out that that Richie died, he's the one who yells, Richie! <laughs> he was the older brother who was a bad influence. That's, that's who he was. That's how he ended up in juvie. Yeah, yeah. But uh, shout out to my friend Peter, because he's a huge Say uh, <laughs> Morales fan. Um, but yeah, but so the movie's about that. It's about the, what happens at the center center, detention center and Sean Penn having to deal with this bully slash tenured <laughs> you know um juvenile and um it's a it's a it's a it's a great film i remember watching it i still remember it now um uh that i i would recommend people watch it's it's a it's a fun you know like young sean penn was very raw you know um this is like right before he does colors uh but after like uh fast times in richmond high so he's getting some exposure to his ability to be able to act and and he was really great when he was young i mean he's still great now but he was really great when he was young um moving on to have you heard of the movie cujo i've heard of it yes horror horror film based on stephen king's novel um so this is what i remember about cujo watching it right it was about a killer dog okay uh doing the research what happens is it's a dog with rabies who then happens to want to kill. And it's a story about a mom and a kid who are running away from Cujo because Cujo's trying to kill them. Uh, but basically scared the living hell out of you of dogs with rabies. It's a scary, uh, it's a scary uh, virus. And it was a St. Bernard, dude. This was not a small dog. <laughs> but yeah, Cujo, great film. Uh, recommend watching it. Uh, this one, I don't know if you've seen, but I hope you have. And if you haven't, this is going to go on your list. Krull. K-R-U-L-L. I have not seen it, know of it. Yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, it is, what's the best way to put it? It's a science fiction, it's a science fiction film uh, that takes place in, a, in another planet. And it follows the story of one of the people from that planet, like the the king or the prince, he has to go save a princess uh, of, of where some aliens have, have abducted her. Um, and he gets together with a bunch of... He gets his little fellowship, basically. And I remember... Liam Neeson's in this movie, by the way. I remember there was a, 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 a Cyclops, this enormous dude with one eye. Um, there were flying horses, for sure. Uh, and the coolest thing about this movie was the weapon that he has. He has to, at, when he, before, when he starts his journey, he has to go up in, into this mountain where there's this, um, it's, it's like a star. I want to say it's like a star. Yeah. Although it might have six points, but, um, it looked like a claw, like a flat claw. And when he, when he, when he retrieved it, each, like the, the the claw hand would then like have the blades come out of it and what happened is he would throw it and then he could control it flying and it would come back to him after afterwards so it was like a cool 
you know, like ninja star that he could throw and it would come back to him. And that was that was the it was such a cool movie. Again, I have not seen this movie in over ten, <laughs> probably twenty years, but I remember it being cool and fun. So I I, I would recommend somebody watches and tell us <laughs> if it holds up. <laughs> if it holds up. Um, next up we have Mr. Mom. Heard of it? I have heard of it. Starring Michael Keaton in his uh, in his. In his first lead role, by the way. But it's the story of a... What's the best way? It's the story of an automobile... I think he worked in an automobile plant. And he loses his job and becomes a stay-at-home dad, taking care of three young kids. Um, And his wife goes back into work. I think she was, like, a successful advertiser or something. But, you know, it's one of those stories of, like... um, how difficult it is for a man to like uh you know give up his job and and do all these uh womanly mother things you know uh how does a vacuum work what is this thing what do children eat how do you wash clothes you know that type of stuff ridiculous yeah. the ridiculous. daily challenges that we deal with yes. in the modern era yes in the 80s men did not do any of these things no right? if you didn't, didn't have to if you didn't have clothes to wear it was the wife's fault for not having cleaned them or ironed them for you or pressed them at the time Hugely successful film, five million dollar budget, sixty four million. <laughs> A lot of men identified with this. Apparently, apparently. Um, and then the last movie that I'll talk about in this episode is a movie called The Outsiders. Have you seen The Outsiders? No. Have you heard of The Outsiders? It's familiar, yeah. So this movie, dude, has. A cast like you would not believe for 1983. Now, you would be like, Jesus Christ. Back then, all up-and-coming uh, actors, right? So here we go. First of all, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Okay. At the time, C. Thomas Howell was one of like the, the most famous actors, right? But you have him. You've got Matt Dillon. You've got Ralph Macchio. Rob Lowe. Patrick Swayze. Emilio Estevez. And Tom Cruise. Yeah, <laughs> all upcoming actors in this one fucking film, dude. And it's the story, and I, I love this movie, and this is why I, I know it so well. But it's the story of, like, these kids, like, are from the other side of the tracks. And every day when they go to school, they have to deal with the preppies, you know, like the, the guys who are, you know, rich and have money and stuff like that. But this is where you Ooh. get, and these are all the guys that had like nicknames like Pony Boy and thing, you know, like Soda Pop yeah, yeah. and everything like that. That's where it comes from. Stay gold and stay gold. That's where all this stuff comes from, from the outsiders. Patrick Swayze played the older brother who was taking care of his younger brothers. Uh, and I think it was the younger brothers in the movie, I think were, I think it was Emilio Estevez and Ralph Macchio. I think they were the younger brothers. Tom Cruise was the friend. This is before he has fixed his teeth, and they purposely asked him not to put in the cap that he had for one of his teeth, so he's, like, missing a tooth, and he's got crooked teeth. <laughs> Matt Dillon is, like, the cool friend of the older brother who, like, you know, helps take care of, like, the young kids. But it's about brawling. It's about, like, you know, it's about, like, territory and, like, you know, like, little things like that. It's like a high school coming-of-age story. Um, Super fun. Such a great film, dude. Such a great film. And if you... I mean... Just think about that cast, dude, at that time, like before they all just blew the hell up and became who they are now. 
Um, I just, I, I always remember this movie very, very fondly. It's such a fun, fun flick. Um, but yeah, it's what I think it's one of those movies. Like if you haven't read the book, you should read the book. If you haven't seen the movie, you should see the movie. It's one of those things. All right. All right. Let's talk about first appearances. So we have Andy Garcia. You familiar with him, right? Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've always loved Latino actors that make it just because of my people and the representation, but Andy Garcia in the movie, the untouchables is so fucking cool. Um, when you you know he was he was up against Sean Connery, Robert De Niro, and uh, Kevin Costner in that film, and he held his ground. It's um, it's, it's a great movie. Oh, it's a fantastic movie. It's a fantastic movie. Uh, up next we have Crispin Glover. Are you familiar with that name? I know the name. Yep. Okay, so you would remember him as. Marty McFly's dad in Back to the Future. Okay. Yeah. Um, but he is one of just actors, actors, uh, his entire career. He has never, I don't think he's ever wanted to be famous. He's always just been put in as the awkward, um, creepy dude in the, you know, in everything. Um, yeah. You know, that's him. I remember like the most, the biggest role I ever saw him in was like, he was the bad guy in the, um, Charlie's Angels remake with Drew Barrymore. <laughs> that's like, that's like the... <laughs> but he always he always had like these little small scenes in a bunch of like really good films where they just let him be weird. Um, <laughs> just an awesome dude. Uh, David Allen Greer. He was I, I knew I found out about him in the from the sh- from the show in Living Color. Um, one of the funniest funniest dudes ever like scripted I, I i don't think i ever watched any of his stand-up but all the scripted stuff he did fucking amazing funny funny guy uh nicole kidman debuts i think we all know nicole kidman from far and away speaking of tom cruise eyes wide shut speaking of tom cruise <laughs> um and uh, i think australia with uh, hugh jackman speaking of australians um yeah no great actress uh, another big one that we just talked about that we lost in 2022, Ray Liotta, debuts in 1983. Again, can't say enough great things. I think that Goodfellas is a movie I'm going to watch until, God forbid, I make it to my 80s, but until my 80s. Speaking of Rob Lowe, uh, The Outsiders was his debut movie. All right. Yeah, look at that. Gabe, we're connecting things. Lining it up. Right. It's like we should have talked research. about him next week. <laughs> I know. We shouldn't get too good at this if people don't expect anything. Yeah, keep the expectations low. Come on. Um, and lastly, we'll talk about Matthew Modine. Um, some of you will know him from Stranger Things now, but he will always be Joker from uh, Full Metal Jacket. Just, uh, That's who that is. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he he. I saw I saw him in the last season of uh, of Stranger Things. He had a pretty decent role. Like he was in almost every episode. So yeah. Um, any thoughts, Gabe? Before we go into something uh, old, something new. Well, I mean, like I said, I was just I'm still haven't gotten over the 3D printer being like that old. It's still like I mean, I guess it was it's been utilized commercially and medically for so long. You know, it's been a staple, and we just haven't gotten it. I think maybe that's the difference, right? That it's available to personal. us now. 
Yeah. That does to be like that took a long time though. Like this is America where like if they can sell you something, they want to friggin' sell it to you. Anything you don't need. But just, but hey. maybe it goes to show you how difficult it was to transition it to like the level and size of a person that can have it in their home. Yeah, and uh, something that you can operate functionally, you know? Honestly, dude, the first time I knew somebody who owned one, who I saw them trying to print something, was probably four years ago, five years ago, that I saw in yeah. someone's home. Yeah, same. It's like the last like handful of years. And it was like $1,000 at the time, probably. Now you can find one for what, three, four hundred bucks, probably? Three, three, three hundred, four hundred bucks, yeah, probably. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. doing all kinds of stuff. You got whole TikToks where people just make stuff. Yeah, I remember my buddy was he 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 was he's an artist and he used to uh he was creating um he was creating uh action figures uh from some of his from some of his art and he's like, "Yeah, man, it takes like 8 hours to print something." Uh, and he's like, "You know, and you have to print it in in two parts because the the figure if you if can it only a, go, yeah. Yeah, it can only go." So I was like, "Wow." And at the time I was like, my, "Wow, uh, that's crazy." My buddy prints like uh game bo- game pieces for like board board games okay and like uh miniatures for some of the other games that didn't they either didn't have them or they um maybe had a, a token instead of a miniature and so he'll print out the actual because you can that's the other thing now is so widely available are the templates or whatever the little people, files you need to print people sell people make that. stuff people sell like i was i was on etsy looking not, yeah you can you buy a template for something. you can buy a template it's like five bucks or three bucks or whatever and you're like oh Cause I, the I CAD work out for you. Because I couldn't find any Bad Batch stuff, so I went to Etsy. I'm like, "Who's made some stuff?" And then I was like, "Oh wow, there's a bunch of people just have like the the 3D uh, files for people to, to do themselves." I'm like, "It's crazy." Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, I I last year, dude, I thought about it, but then I was like, "What am I gonna print?" <laughs> That's literally what stopped me. Like, what am I gonna use this for? And then I was like. Oh, I can't think of enough reasons. That's so why I can't. I can't do it. Can't. Do I it. mean, it's one of those tools. I think that you get. It's like if you have a hammer, everything's a nail. If you got a three D printer, you're like, I bet I could print a little something that would like, you know, level this out. Or I bet I could print a little, a little thing that would like roll the toothpaste tighter. Or I bet I could, you know, you just start finding, you know, reasons to print stuff. I don't work that way. Um, I need to have a purpose for it. Or oh else. yeah, I'm 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 not gonna go out of my way to do that. Yeah, yeah, no, I need to like I I need to have a plan set. Like I bought a printer. I'm like because I'm plan on doing these things with it, and I'm like, and it's coming handy. I need a printer just because like every now like there's a few times a year that I need to print things mm-hmm. for like work or for whatever else, and I'm always like, God damn it, I gotta ask somebody. You know, it's funny. Back when we used to work together, we used to have to go to the office. That was my printer. Print stuff at work. <laughs> That's what I did too. Anytime I needed something, I printed at work. <laughs> And then we had the local printer, and then the the color one. I would go to the HR office. Oh, yeah, the yeah, HR yeah. one in the. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, yeah. So that's why I never got a three D printer. I just never quite understood why. Well, uh, it's also not, like, not yet. Eventually, anyway. eventually, you have to imagine it's going to get to be fire and forget, like printers are. You know, oh, right yeah, now yeah. there's a lot more involvement. You know, you got to do a lot more. But of course, eventually, it'll be more automated. It'll be easier. You won't have to do quite as much fiddling, probably with the actual. Um, I forget what they call the like uh, stuff that you use to print the spools of like the plastic, the filament, or whatever you call it. Um, but like that'll probably everything's probably going to get more streamlined as time and cheaper as time goes on. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, something old, something new, Gabe. So first and foremost, I checked on Clint Eastwood. He um, he's ninety two. He is doing fine. 
He's doing fine. Also, did not know this, but his name is Clinton Eastwood Jr. He's a junior. Oh. Clinton, though. That's an interesting first name. Yeah. Um, here's a fun fact, though, which I don't know. Again, just we're telling the future here. But so he's been a, a longtime uh, animal rights activist, but not vegan, right? In the 70s, Eastwood began to follow a diet on which a person was believed to be able to live to 150 years old. He's doing pretty well so He's far. He's pretty fucking <laughs> Almost two-thirds. That made me feel so much better. Like, I need to focus on someone else now. I think Clint Eastwood is fine. Just gonna He's taking care of himself. taking care of himself. And I think maybe taking it easy is going to be uh, good for him. So I, I feel like... Maybe I don't have to worry about him for a while. Just going to put it out I got to know about that diet, though. I'm going to have to look. But think about it, though. He started that diet in his 40s. So I think it's working. So maybe we might need to look into what he's into. What are you eating, sir? Or not eating. Uh, More likely. So the other thing I wanted to do was I heard that the new Avatar film already hit, like, the one billion mark. Mm-hmm. So I thought, all oh, right. Remember when we were checking on uh, Maverick and how it kept uh, it kept just going up the um, going up Climbing the ranks. The ladder of success, yeah. So let's take a minute or two to review how it's looking. First of all, how Maverick is doing, and I think last time it was what nineteen or fifteen. It was close, right? Yeah. Okay, so Maverick is now eleventh highest grossing film of all time with one point four billion, Gabe, in less than a year. Um, let's take a look at Avatar Dose. So Avatar One, by the way, still holds the number one spot. Two point nine billion. Okay. Followed right behind by Avengers Endgame with two point seven. And then way down with it with Titanic at two point one. So, the new Avatar film, da, 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 number 23, 1.1, okay? It is very close to beating Iron Man 3 and The Fate of the Furious. I don't know which Furious that one was. I think it's number 8, isn't it? That was the play. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Incredibles 2, Beauty and the Beast, Frozen, a couple Star Wars movies, Black Panther, and Maverick. This movie, okay. this movie came out how long ago? Avatar, uh, like a couple weeks ago? Not that long. Yeah, it's doing incredibly well. Just going to put it I, right uh, I I have not seen it. I have some friends who saw it. I don't plan on watching it. But I wanted to, wanted to do our weekly check-in with uh, Maverick and Avatar. <laughs> I probably will watch it at home eventually. But like, it's kind of, it sounds like what I expected from my friend review. I uh, I remember I took my time watching the original and I was like, oh, yeah, no, this is fine. I'm glad I took my time because there was nothing, yeah. nothing there for me. Yeah. Something else in the news recently. Did you hear about the um, uh, Greta Thun- Thun- Thunberg? Thunberg? Yeah. Did you hear about the Greta Thunberg thing? Oh, yeah. That's Pretty- right in my uh, sphere of things I pay attention to. Yes, me too. But uh, a tweet caught my eye or a, a mention of something caught my eye. And it said, um, Greta Thunberg's tweet has officially become the seventh most liked tweet on uh, on Twitter. 
And I was like, there's a list? So, Gabe, we're going to go over this list right now real quick. So, starting at the top 30. I'm going to say the top 25 are BTS related. (laughs) So, I'm going to say this. 27 and 28 are both hearts. (laughs) Just purple hearts. 2.8 million likes. Um, It was so easy. Then uh, a BTS thumbs up. 2.8 2.8 also number 24 uh, a couple a couple of them in korean but i'm just going to say this bts from 30 to 17 are uh they basically have the 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 half of the top 30 tweets as the most uh, as the most liked um, I've, uh, I've 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 been around them in person so i understand I understand why. I don't. Not not as a fan, but as oh. I know their fans. Oh, I don't right, understand right. personally, but I understand word. that they have the BTS army, man. What are you gonna do? I don't they know. They shouldn't they shouldn't have they shouldn't have had BTS serve in the army. They should have just brought the BTS army to Korea and just invaded. That's funny. This one, number sixteen, made made me smile quite a bit. Uh from somebody called at the at Incredible Kulk. I might call it Kulkin. <laughs> Incredible Coke. That's pretty good. In August 26, 2020, with 3. Point million likes, he tweeted, Hey guys, want to feel old? I'm 40. You're welcome. <laughs> that home, the little kid. That was fantastic. Um, yep. Number 15 is Joe Biden uh, when he was elected president. Number. 14 was Kamala Harris when uh, she congratulated them doing it. Oh, Gabe, look at this. The next five are all BTS. Uh, October 2021, apparently Twitter tweeted, hello, literally everyone. Uh, That got 3.1. April 25th, 2022, Elon Musk tweets, I hope that even my worst critics remain on Twitter because that is what free speech means. Uh, I'm glad that's persisted. I'm glad his attitude hasn't shifted at all. Um, yep. Then we have Miss uh, Young Greta, number seven. Number six surprised me. Andy uh, Milonakis. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Actor, rapper. I am. He tweeted, congratulations to the astronauts that left Earth today. Good choice. <laughs> 3.4 million <laughs> likes. Um, Barack Obama. Uh, number five, when Kobe passed away and he did a, a commemorative tweet, 3.6 million. Joe Biden in January 20th, 2021, it's a new day in America, 3.8. Barack Obama with 4. Point million likes. No one is born hating another person because of the color of their skin or his background. Elon Musk, number two. Next, I'm got <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> Next, I'm buying Coca-Cola to put the cocaine back in. (laughs) And the number one most liked tweet with 7 million tweets, the family of Chadwick Boseman, it is when they confirmed the passing of Mr. Boseman. Um, I thought that was a very interesting list to come up on based on this Greta situation. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's um, that's all my something old, something new. Uh, you got okay. anything for this week? Yeah, great transition. Uh, I saw uh, Wakanda Forever. Oh, how was it? 
Um, it was I was good. I liked it. Um, I think they handled very respectfully Chadwick Boseman's situation. Like in universe, they handled it in a way that like was you know um, respectful as well as you know it was a good passing of the torch. It was a good story beat. They made mm. it a good story beat. Um, it was really cool to see all of the indigenous representation. Okay. Uh, for uh, what was going on, um, it uh, I would have to watch the first Black Panther again to to see if like like they're comic book movies. Like I don't know how story um, I don't know how story concerned like i i didn't care you know in retrospect i wanted to because like, I, I left it thinking wow i really like this this was good and then i was like i don't know if it was actually good or if i just liked it you know <laughs> like i'm not i'm not a real critic if i like a movie enough I've, i think i've mentioned this before like if i like something my suspension of disbelief is incredible like right. if it's if it's entertaining and it's you know reasonably put together like i'll forgive whatever you know if they're doing a good job and 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 they did a good job with everything else happening and the story beats were fantastic so I thought it was great. Let me ask you, uh, you, you've seen uh, love and thunder, right? I haven't. You haven't. Okay. So let me, let me put this idea in your head before you watch it. Right. So I watched it. And as I mentioned in the previous episode, it was the first movie I went to see in a movie theater after almost three years. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I had fun. I, at the time was like, it's no Ragnarok, but it was fun. It was good. Since then, so many people have shitted on that movie that I've gone back and thought, I haven't actually wanted to rewatch it again. That's that's very serious for me for like, you know, if I really... Because I've seen Ragnarok. Oh, yeah, I've seen Ragnarok probably 10 times at this point. Too. It's, a, it's a pretty fucking phenomenal film. So I, I was like, oh, wow, I haven't watched it again. And I actually don't think I want to, but I'm like... But even I was like... Oh yeah, I do agree with what these guys are saying. Like this movie in that sense was not it was not great. But I was like, but no, but I actually at the end of the day, I, like you said, I don't know, but I I just know I liked it. It was fun. I think that's where it ends with me, like, you know. I do know that I saw a blurb headline that was just uh Wakanda Forever was the only certified fresh Marvel movie this year. Oh. So like, I mean, it at least made that. Yeah, no, like I said, I, I, I'm going to watch Wakanda Forever. It's not a movie I would go to the theater to watch. It's just like, again, like I did it. It was fun. Um, I'm going to watch it when it when it's available on streaming. I I would re I'll absolutely rewatch it. I, I will say that I will rewatch it. Now, like, I, I will say that it looks like it had a lot going on that I think, you know, you know, like with the Namor thing, with the Ironheart thing, with the new, it seems like it's it's worth a rewatch. Yeah, and I haven't even seen it once. I feel like I'm going to watch it more than once. But then again, look, Wakanda, uh, you know, the first Black Panther, I watched maybe three times. Mainly though, dude, for for Killmonger, I thought he was amazing in that film. I Killmonger thought, was real good. I thought he was way better than Black Panther. <laughs> Just me though. Uh, okay. He did have the more direct approach to problem solving, if you will. Okay, so you watch Wakanda Forever. Nice, dude. Nice. That was the big... I think everything else was just like getting um, 
getting through the the sort of work week. Like, you know, you, you kind of feel like you have a responsibility to get things done, even though it's a short week. But like, I'm also asking myself the entire time, why is anyone trying to have a meeting? You know, literally nothing matters until next year at this point. I definitely had Monday off, work Tuesday, Wednesday, work quote unquote, and then had Thursday, Friday off. So those two days, I was like, I even told my team, I was like, hey guys, just so you guys know, I, I don't plan on, I plan on doing things, but I don't plan on, on setting things up. So these are one-time <laughs> events that don't require follow-up. It's just going to put it out there. <laughs> and then next week is a wash because I'm going on site for two days because my boss is coming into town. Mm. So already like, and the sixth is a holiday here. So like, I'm like, yeah, no, this is not a thing. As we all know, you don't get any work going into the site these days. It's not how the world works anymore. No, no. We go on site to have fun, actually. You don't go there for yeah, you for socialize. Work. Socialize, pick up equipment. Yeah, whatever. drop off equipment, you know. Uh, but yeah, awesome. All right, everybody. Again, uh, find us at Pop Culture Hangfire on Instagram. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for, thank you for listening. Actually, that's it. It's been a fantastic year, and um, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>